In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. She has no idea what she's doing in college. The major that she majored and don't make no money. But she won't drop out of Paris to look at her funny. Now, tell me that ain't in the car. The concept of school seems so secure. Sophomore three girls ain't picked a career. Like, fuck it, I'll just stay down her and do it. Putting those two beats together, I came up with my own little kind of hybrid. Drug dealer by Jordan, crack here by crack And a white man get paid off for all of that 
conscious, I'm just the first to admit. Yeah, come on, come on. And when it falls down, who you gon' call now? Well, I guess I should. What up, folks? It is so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan. This is your Thursday episode. Folks, I took Wednesday off uh, from episodes. Sorry about that. But then I I remember, God, like a year ago, I said I was only going to do like four a week, and I still am doing five. And I'm just not good with relaxing or I'm just good at fretting. I'm like a really good fretter. Like if I, if you give me something to worry about, I am going to fret the hell out of that thing. How are you guys doing? We've almost made it through the entire week. I've got so much to tell you guys. I don't know how long this can be though. Cause tomorrow the Beverly Hills, I just watched Beverly Hills and, uh, it's, um, uh, what's that word? Uh, ridiculous. <laughs> Did your boy tell you that I bet we were going to get an Asher, Diana, J- Diana Jenkins boy toy or whoever he is. Uh, we were going to get a musical performance. And guess what? Tonight we did. I love you, Asher. You are very good at music. Um, we'll talk all about that on Friday. It, Dude, it kills. I want to talk about it so much now. I mean, fucking Sanjit and Sutton. Are you kidding me? And Sanja didn't even seem that into Sutton. What is going on, man? <laughs> We've got a lot to talk about on Friday in regards to that. But let's let's move on. And I just want to say, gosh, I probably say this every day, but thank you so much for being here. I got a lot of messages today of like, Where, where's your show? Which is like really good. Like, that's really cool that you guys even notice that because sometimes you just kind of think you're shouting into a void. And that's, by the way, that's totally cool. And this helps me stay sane in so many ways or or really further, furthers me put that push towards insanity. Either way, I, I really wanted to thank you guys, as always. Uh, if you do like the show, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, I do want to give a, a special sorry to the baddies, uh, the Patreon members. We were supposed to do a live Patreon uh, tonight or last Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, I had to change that last minute because I had an opportunity to um to go see and and you guys if you've been listening for a while you, you know you're, you're gonna this is very familiar uh, the, the band i'm about to talk about but if, if you're new you're gonna be like ryan what are you ta- i thought you're into like the hippest newest music ever buddy but uh turns out no no <laughs> no no one of my favorite bands since i was a kid is a band called counting crows and that's why i picked that um the beginning mashup, uh, a mixture of Kanye West's All Fall Down and, of course, Counting Crows, A Long December. Um, and Long December is great because uh, when I live, when I first lived, uh, moved to Los Angeles, 
I would play that song and I would drive around the hills because in that song, uh, along December, he would talk about like kind of bumming out around the holiday times and driving around the hills and be like one more day up in the canyon, one more night in Hollywood. And by the way, that song was written um, with uh, it was inspired by Courtney Cox. Yeah. From Friends. Yeah. And Scream. Courtney Cox is uh, inspired along December. In fact, she's in the music video. Now, I, in my head, <laughs> this song came out last week. Uh, and in reality, unfortunately, it came out, I think, in like 97, 1997, what, 1897. But anyways, um, still, you know, a huge hit of theirs. I mean, Counting Crows is just a band that has been, you know, one of my first loves. And I was trying to think that, trying how to relate that to uh, to you guys, and especially some of you youngsters. <laughs> Is that like, I'm like, it's almost like following around a boy band, I guess, in a sense. It, it's different in some ways, of course, but you, you kind of support them. Or it's like how we talk about, um, I frustratingly talk about like bachelor contestants. Is that, do we have to take care of these people for the rest of their lives? But if you like a band, if you're lucky enough to love a band or a musical artist or anybody in this world you want to support them you support them in the good times you support them in the bad times and you realize they're going to be a part of your life don't you guys ever have those friends that you you know you, you made those friends when you were younger and you're like well for whatever reason a higher power has put us all on the same path so you stand by those people and you try to help them even if sometimes they're not even your cup of tea you're like well this is you know, these are the friends life has dealt me. And so you, you stand by them. And I think that about a lot of the things that I like is that, you know, every time County Crows comes around, you got to go support, you got to go do that, you know, but I, this one, I wasn't actually going to do that. Um, but it was really cool. I got to, I got the opportunity to go watch sound check. Um, at, you know, early, they did a sound check at the uh, in Costa Mesa, which is like an hour and twenty minutes from where I live, so it was a little bit of a hike. But got to see him do sound check, which was really cool, and they kind of walked through. But y y you know, with bands that have been around that long, God, what is it? it's like 25, 26 years now? No, twenty eight. I think twenty eight years. My God, I think they've been around for like twenty eight years, and you're like, my God, you know, it's like how I always talk about pop culture or. Um, you know, these reality shows is that it's kind of like this visual scrapbook of our lives because we always remember where we were when we saw one of these big moments, like Aviva throwing her fake leg. I'll always remember where I was. I mean, it's usually in bed or on a couch, but it's still, I mean, you always remember that. And I think that same thing with bands. I hear a lot of girls talk about that, like in the past uh, with like NSYNC or One Direction and then, you know, Harry Styles and all of that stuff. And that's why it's like as much as I love to make fun of things, I appreciate fandom a great deal. Um, and so it is funny. It's like I get really nervous for the band or you're just kind of like you you start thinking about different things. I mean, I've got a, I've had to have seen this band now around like 40 times, like something really, truly ridiculous. And for me, it's like you're a part of that experience. And sometimes that's good and bad because you're like, oh, man, this song, I know this song. Because you spend so many hours in car rides 
back and forth from Los Angeles to Arizona singing these songs or thinking about what these lyrics meant. And I think that's like the coolest thing. And I'm using Counting Crows as an example, but all you guys have your own Counting Crows, really. I mean, truly, you know, you have your own things that you kind of dissect. And I think we do that a lot with reality shows and pop culture on this show. And I know you guys listening do that in your own lives as well. And I think that's why we're kindred spirits. But It's so funny. It's like I still try to wrap my head around like, wow, you're, you know, (laughs) you're my band, you know, (laughs) like you're my band. I will see you until, you know, until you guys stop. It's just going to be one of those things. And I'll I'll kind of silently take stock of my life (laughs) while I watch these shows. Like today it was like, it was great. It was almost sold out, you guys. And every, like I, the band, Adam Duritz, the lead singer, by the way, he took, he, his dreads, uh, he no longer has dreads. And I really miss the dreads. Like I was hoping that he would put on a wig of dreads just for the show, but he has a kind of a shaved buzz cut now. And even those things I worry because I want, you know, it's like you want your band to be popular and you want your band to have everybody think he looks good or at least interesting. And I'm like, Oh man. I mean, I know everybody made fun of the dreads, but at least it was something visually exciting. (laughs) And I go to so many concerts and stuff or I have, and you know, you just see what works and what doesn't, but it was great. Like he, they, they really put on a very energetic show. And like for the amount of times you have to sing a song like Mr. Jones, you gotta like imagine it has to. I mean, it's, if it drives some people crazy, even listening to it, how, imagine how you have to do to perform it, and it brings such joy to people. And I just always imagine that thing that's in my head of like, I mean, we all get such joy out of songs like that. But what if they fucking hate it at this point? What if they look at like, how dare you like this song? Like, it literally hurts my voice. <laughs> But it was good, you know, and everybody seemed into it. I mean, it was like an OC crowd. So, you know, you know, you start to even judge the audience. You're like, are we getting right demographics? I, I'd love a little bit more of a dynamic. I, anywho, I'm okay. But here's the great thing. So County Crows will always have a very special place in my heart, of course. And so will reality shows. So is there some way that we can meld my love of reality shows with my love of counting crows. And I think, I think I found a way tonight is that, uh, my friend pointed to me, it was, Hey, Hey, look, look. And you guys, it was the OG of the OC. <laughs> Vicky fucking Gunvalson was at counting crows and sat like the row right behind mine. And, my friend was like, get a picture, picture. And I'm like, I'm just not, you guys know me. I'm not like that, man. It is so, like, even at Soundcheck, I couldn't, like, I, I'm just bad. I don't know why. Like, I always, I always feel like I don't belong, even when I've, like, somebody's paid for me to be there. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you guys ever feel like that? Where you're like, I'm the, I just don't belong. It's like this weird, screwed up thought process I have. Um, and, oh, and by the way, you guys, if you're just listening for the first time and you uh, want to hear Chris Frangiola, use the timestamp. Skip right to him now because, f- hell, dude, that dude is funny as hell. And what an inspire. I mean, like, anyways, Chris is awesome. We'll get to him in a sec. Uh, but if you guys are new, this is kind of what I do. Just kind of go with what's in my head, do a pop, couple pop culture stories, and then get to the guest. Okay. Um, so Vicky Gunvalson, you guys. 
Like all of a sudden she's there. And uh, my friend, like she was walking behind us. And my friend was like, hi, can we get a picture? And gets a picture for me. And I said, Vicky, ultimate girls trip. And she said, bless you. Bless you. I didn't say if I liked Ultimate Girls Trip or not. Thankfully, I did. But to get a bless you from Vicki Gunvalson, I would imagine is like getting like blessed by the Pope. I was just, and by, and I will, dude, you know how honest I am with you guys. She looks great. Like whatever those cameras do to her face, she looks great. She was with her new dude, her new boo thing, and they look like a very handsome couple. And I mean that in a positive way. They really did look cute together. And they were, it seemed like they were with some other friends. And she, it was just so funny. It was just, I mean, imagine like, I just, it's like, I, I would, I would more expect Batman to be there than Vicki Gunvalson. And then, and then I just was like, wow, me and Vicki Gunvalson are into the same music. And like, I want everybody to like Counting Crows. I was like, well, we, we need her on the team, right? We need her. But then I was like, what, weird. Like, what if I, I was like, should I try to get a job at Kodo Insurance now? Like what? I, what? I was very confused. And then, <laughs> okay. So, but then just to be honest with you too, um, she did not know the lyrics to any of the songs. So I think she either was dragged there or was like a, uh, a happening with some of her friends. Who knows? But even Mr. Jones came on and she did not sing along to that song. And that's when you know if you're like – and then – and I I don't know for 100% sure, but I think she left – like halfway through, I could be wrong. She might have like gone and sat somewhere else. Maybe, maybe me posting a picture of her and tagging her wasn't the best thing. Who knows, right? Who knows? But truly, I mean, what a, I mean, then I was just like two legends, Vicki Gunvalson and Counting Crows. Like you don't get, I mean, this is like what I imagine seeing like the Rat Pack was like, or, you know, I'm trying to think of other big uh, we are the world. I don't know if you guys remember that little bop from the eighties. Um, but it was great. Also, I got to tell you though, counting crows is my number one band. Uh, I used to bum out so hard to their lyrics, man. And what's so great is that they'll like switch up things. I really recommend this album, a double live album called across a wire. And it, uh, it's like one part is VH1 storytellers where they kind of rework a lot of their songs, but acoustically. And then the other one is like kind of, you know, more plugged in and, uh, they do some rearrangement in that as well. But the VH1 storytellers, uh, part of it is just so beautiful and they slow down Mr. Jones. And I used to use the slowed down version of Mr. Jones which I want to play. Do you guys mind if I play like a little clip of it just to show? I used to play it in theater school as a way to get me to cry easily. Um, I was doing a, a play and there was one scene where I had to come in and just already be very emotional. So I would play this beginning of uh, this song and a piece towards the end. I spliced them together I was I was mixing it up even back then and I would play that over and over again in my headphones and it would get me to a place where I could cry like that just by hearing and thinking about the lyrics. Now, this, I love this about the show is that it, we go all over the place. Let me just play this for you. Let me be self-indulgent, play this and see if you know what I mean.
wanna be a rock and roll star Well, listen now to what I say Just get an electric guitar And take some time And learn how to play Just learn how to play Well, I was down at the new Amsterdam Staring at this yellow-haired girl Mr. Jones strikes up a conversation With a black-haired flamenco dancer You know, she dances while his father plays guitar She's suddenly beautiful And we all want something beautiful I wish I was beautiful isn't that just stunning? Isn't that beautiful? And those lyrics just get me every time. Is that uh, they're staring at a girl. She's beautiful. And uh, he says, and we all want something beautiful. Man, I wish I was beautiful. And that's it, man. We all want to be beautiful. We all want to be these big, big stars, you know. And then, you know, things happen that are good in your life. And you realize it's really not that... <sighs> the grass is that much greener on the other side. Um, and then, so that I would do that part and then I would come back and then I would splice it together with this part. Mr. Jones, would you see with someone just a little more funky? Well, man, when everybody loves you, sometimes that's just about as fucked up as you can be. Well, can't you hear me? Cause I'm screaming. But I did not go outside yesterday. Oh, don't wake me, cause I was dreaming And I might just stay inside again today Cause Mr. Jones and me, we don't see each other much anymore I mean, if you don't find beauty in that, I mean, we could all be tough guys and gals, but I mean, if you don't find beauty in that, come on. I mean, there's just such great lyrics in that. I mean, he goes, help me believe in any, oh, he says, believe in me, help me believe in anything because I want to be someone who believes. I mean, that's like, that's sometimes my whole thesis is that I want to be this other person. I want to be someone who believes the best and want to believe, you know, like I, I just love these ideas so much um and i just love that the song or the thought kind of you know once again is put out there of when everybody loves you that is not all that it's cracked up to be you know these are kind of goals to not shoot for i think even like in my life or my career up to this point you know i just wanted i think there was just this thought when you're younger and especially in acting, cause it's such a crapshoot, it's such a lottery. And when you're younger and doing it in high school or something, you think, Oh my God, everybody's going to be a star. We're all going to be big, big stars, you know? And then you get older and then you really, you know, I think you hit around 30 and you're like, what the fuck? My parents didn't smack the shit out of me and say, you're going go be a lawyer or something. And you realize how hard it is. And then you realize, well, stardom's not even the goal. I just, you just actually want to make, earn a living. I mean, it's really wild. It's really wild to come to a point in my life right now, you guys, where I had firmly um, given up on ever being known for anything. And that was okay. I just didn't know how 
I was going to handle the rest of my life or how that worked. And, and especially then the, the divorce happened and there were so many questions and not, there's still so many questions and I make new ones up every day, but it is weird to have, you know, have something to do every day and have a purpose. And, and that's you guys. I could go on and talk to you about Counting Crows lyrics literally for the next three years. Uh, truly. I mean, that would be just the coolest if I could just host a Counting Crows podcast and each episode break down all the lyrics. But I'm telling you, I have cried my hardest to these guys. I've had the best times um, with these guys. I mean, I've even seen these guys so much by myself. There was a time uh, like five or six years ago, I stopped asking people to go with me because I was kind of embarrassed, you know, like I remember my, my best friend, Nick, we had went and saw him at the OC fair uh, right around the time they did the accidentally in love song for the Shrek two soundtrack, which actually, like I mentioned a couple weeks ago was nominated for an Oscar, but I remember it was not uh, their best performance. Adam seemed like he was half-assing it and he was like fully getting tanked on a bottle of wine during the show. But that's a, it's so funny. It's like seeing bands, like you start to just kind of know, know their habits, know when they're potentially having a good performance or a bad performance. And I remember my buddy, Nick, who had liked him up to that point, we were driving back from the OC and he's like, you know what? I, um, I don't think I like them anymore. And I remember being so sad because I was like, now it's, now I have to carry the torch. I still will like this band, you know, <laughs> but it's one of those things like, you know, that we're like, you just kind of cringe sometimes because you're like, I wouldn't have made that move. Like <laughs> me and my underwear. I wouldn't have made that move. Nope. Have a bag of chips on me like Erica Jane. Hey, Taco Bell rappers all over the place. Uh, Adam, can I sing with you? Mr. Jones, me, Erica Jane. <laughs> we all want to be big stars. I mean, my God, Mr. Jones could literally be about Erica Jane. Anyways, so another triumphant night scene in the Counting Crows. Um, and I hope you guys have a band like that or a performer like that or somebody that you never give up on. Like, honestly, um, unless it's R. Kelly, and then you should definitely give on, <laughs> give up on that person. Okay, before I cry, which, by the way, I'm like, I feel like I'm like three seconds away from crying. Everybody's like, you pussy, put down. You don't even deserve a microphone. Actually, that was what Danny uh, Pellegrino, uh, um, he had DM'd me. Well, he left a comment on the Vicky thing because it looks like Vicky's trying to get on my knees, which is like a hysterical thing to think about, like a Vicky Gunvalson on you at a concert, uh, like a, on your shoulders. Like, I want to see. Get up there, Vicky. Um so Danny said something and then I, I was like, oh my God, I had this flashback and I wrote him saying, dude, I just remembered this reminds me of the time we were at the quiet woman, which is a famous OC restaurant for when Shannon Bedore was like, it's not my fucking plate. And Kelly Dodd blew on the window. I said, it reminds me of the quiet woman when we were dancing to Mr. Jones and Shannon, Gina and Emily were there after we had done the OC ropes course that they had done that one season. Now, and then I said, everybody's going to think that this is a made up me being funny, haha, and never happened, but it legitimately happened. You guys, this is how long I've been around. Like is, what was this? Like five years ago? I didn't even, I, I didn't even have a podcast yet. I mean, it was even before the Kardashian podcast I did. I believe. And Danny uh, was doing his pod back then still like, or he'd, you know, he was 
like I think in the first year or two of it. And he invited me um, and a, a bunch of people, I think, to do that ropes course in the OC. And I was like trying to make myself go and do things with people. It was right around the beginning of my uh, separation and divorce. So I was trying to go out and do things. And I drove all the way up to the OC, did the ropes course, which is very scary when you have a lot of fit people. And then me trying to like, it was like one of those where you exert yourself too like too much because you're trying to impress, you know, Danny Pellegrino. And then I remember the very end, like they, they like hooked you in and you had to like do this huge jump. And I was like, Oh great. This is the way I go out. Like on an OC ropes course that Vicky Gunvalson was screaming on, you know, screaming during. So then we did that and then we changed and went to the quiet woman for dinner and drinks and Emily and Gina had just had finished their first season. They came and met us and I have a picture with all, with all of us. And then I shit you not, Shannon Bedore walked in like 45 minutes later and saw Emily and Gina and like literally gave the meanest face ever. And Emily was like, Oh my God, she hates us. She hates us so much. And Shannon came over and I had my phone and I was trying to like video it like a sneaky bastard. And Shannon Bedore looked directly at me. Didn't, didn't know me at all. And like, it was like your mom looking at you when you did something really, really bad and like put the fear of God in me. But anyways, we, we, we drank a bunch. And then right before we were ending, they, they, they were playing music and every, the quiet woman like goes off on a Saturday night. You guys, I can't believe this actually did happen. And then they played Mr. Jones. And I remember dancing with Danny and his boyfriend or his, his fiance, you know, like I remember, I remember dancing and just having the best fucking time. And that's what music is for. Like you remember these memories set to this, uh, you know, these, these people that are our soundtracks for life. Okay. Uh, okay. That's it. You guys, uh, let's timestamp that at, if you got at 2905, we're only 2905. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to do a couple news stories, but Chris Franjola is our guest and Chris is a excellent, I mean, a writer, a comedian and a podcaster. You guys, if you don't know, we are on the same label, iHeartRadio cloud 10 and his podcast is just it's I was listening to it last week uh, in preparation of him coming on and it's called cover to cover um, and he's just great man and the funny thing is I've known Chris um, I've known Chris in another life which I'll get to in a second but I want to do a couple news stories first um, so we, <laughs> let's see here let's do um, okay Austin Kroll you guys and by the way, Shep, wasn't that a fun interview? I, I I can't believe we got to have him on. And I also can't believe that we didn't know yet that he had broken up with Taylor. And if you when I watch that back, I can tell a couple moments. And there are these things that you feel during it. And I was like, oh, something's off when I'm talking about the Taylor thing. So like I was like definitely trying to move past it because you're thinking like, what I'm I'm not like fucking Barbara Walters. I'm not trying to put like I genuinely want to have a decent conversation with this guy. And I, I have read his book and I kind of want to know, I mean, like I only scratched the surface on things that I want to know. And the girl stuff is only like a little piece of that, even though I would have fucking gave my left testicle to be able to, I'd give the, my right one too. I, you can have both of them if I can find them. And, um, I would have to, to break that news would have just been so huge for the podcast. <laughs> 
So we, by the way, that interview is up on YouTube too. Go subscribe, you guys. Um, but somebody wrote, uh, good interview. It seems a little dated now that he had broken up with Taylor. And I was like, I don't, first off, like commenters are great. Cause I don't know them usually, but I was like, yeah, but you're going to even really freak out was it was the morning of man. Like just, if I had, if I had waited a couple more hours, I would have gotten the fucking scoop. Um, but speaking of Bravo PR and publicity, I don't know if you guys watch the old, uh, you know, below deck, the below deck stuff. Well, there was chef Rachel Hargrove who was on, uh, Captain Lee's season. I mean, really good, amazing chef. Uh, and Captain Lee really does love her, even though she one time on the show said, uh, eat my cooter, which is like kind of out of a seventies sitcom. It's like Alice, like eat my cooter. Um, <laughs> so she has uh, all of a sudden, I mean, now that she's after my own heart because she uh, has a feud with Austin Kroll, you guys, Chef Rachel. And now it seems like she potentially has a feud with Bravo now because she tweeted out, you guys, and this, and, my, and Chef Rachel Hargrove is kind of getting into it like on a weekly basis because a couple weeks ago, remember she was on um, the uh, America's Next Top Model and she had um, she had a picture of Tyra not looking her best and said, hey, at Tyra Banks, remember when you called me a plus size model when I was a size two? And I, like, listen, she has just a picture of her out and about and you know, looks like me out and about, but I think Rachel was trying to make a weight joke there that didn't really land. Um, but whatever. And then, so then one day ago, she links a Bravo TV.com article saying Austin Kroll explains why that big meeting changed everything for Trop Hop, which is, I think that's the meeting with Harris Teeter. I got a big meeting. I'm buying drinks, boys. I just Harris Teeter. And she reposted that article and wrote cheers to the most narcissistic twat. And I was like, okay, you had me at cheers. <laughs> I was like, Rachel, how are we of the same mind? And, uh, she she posted that twice, and she then w further went on to uh, says say, I don't sit down. I stand up. I'm tired of the BS. I refuse to participate in BravoCon 2022 at Below Deck at Bravo TV. She added herself and then hashtag it Below Deck. And then underneath that, she wrote, P.S. Fuck Below Deck. Rachel, you've gone too far. You can say fuck Captain Sandy, but you will not say fuck Below Deck. I love Below Deck. So then she then doxed a PR rep from Bravo, who I know, by the way. Like, I don't know well, but like this person is in my emails. Like I've emailed with this PR person and she literally leaves that PR person's phone number on the tweet. And please do not, guys. We got to be above five years old. Yes. Did I try Kathy Hilton's number on the podcast on Monday with Sophie? Yeah, but I was like peer pressured, but do not bother these people. And it says, hi, hi, Rachel. It's blah, blah from Bravo PR. I saw your tweet about Austin from Southern Charm and wanted to reach out. It's not in our best interest to have you saying negative things about other shows on the network. Each show and talent should support each other or just not say anything at all. And then it continued on, but she didn't include it. And then, and then he, she goes, Back to the back to this person goes, just make sure the drunk cokehead knows to not talk to me again. 
and cokehead. Yeah. Allegedly, sorry. And then uh, the PR person goes, understood, but it'd be helpful if I had a little bit more context. We can make sure he won't say anything again. And then she goes, he was in Tampa and Fort Lauderdale where I live. We met up, but what was actually good was I met his brewing team. We were all hanging out. He didn't like the fact I don't party and was doing his whole thing, dot, 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 being an idiot. He contacted me a few days later. Um, and by the way, what I'm taking this as is somebody that's like ran a nightclub and, you know, partying or at least in circles that I've ran in in the past, uh, usually allegedly means, you know, substances or a substance. I will not say which one, but I think you can put it together. And uh, she said it, I think, earlier to her. And, um, uh, you know, she goes, this guy's an idiot. Even when him and Shep threw my bag on the floor at Upfronts, Upfronts were that Bravo where they sold it to advertisers a couple months ago. Remember they did that big presentation, you guys, uh, while waiting to go do dress rehearsal. So according to this, Shep and, <laughs> Shep and Austin threw her bag on the floor. <laughs> what if these guys are just like full on bullies, man? Um, so then the PR rep goes, I hear you. That's rude and unacceptable of him. Sorry. And by the way, she's cut off a couple things here, so we're not getting a full story. So are you, sorry you had that experience with them. We'll have someone speak to him, but would appreciate you removing the tweet since it was a personal incident. And then she included an Austin Kroll DM of like, Rachel, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. Okay, I have a couple of thoughts on this, and I'm sure you guys have a couple of thoughts as well. So please call me and let me know your thoughts. But I, um, first off, wouldn't you love to be the Bravo guy that has to sit down and talk to Austin about this? Austin, it's Randy from Bravo. Um, hey, bud, how's the trop hop going? Heard about Harris Teeters? Congrats. Anywho, uh, talking to Rachel from Below Deck, and seems like you might have thrown her bag at BravoCon. Uh, wanted to get your uh, wanted to get your input on that, and maybe that you were potentially allegedly doing blow all night, and she didn't want to party, and that upset you. Uh, are you okay, Mister Kroll? <laughs> no, but I, I do think the funny thing is this Bravo PR reaching out reaching out to Chef Rachel, and it's like. Yo, fucking Lisa Rinna goes off on a different cast every flipping week. Are you kidding me? All of these people have feuds. Like, I mean, I, I really appreciate Bravo PR and what they've been able to do for me with guests. I really do, and I want to keep getting good guests. But at the same time, like, I mean, first off, you got to feel for them because their job must be an absolutely fucking nightmare. Imagine having to babysit like Bravo Lebs all day long and it's something new every day. You got Erica like fucking getting tanged. You got Rinna bagging on every show that's out there because she's not getting enough attention. And like imagine having to text all of these Bravo Lebs and go, hey, bud, um, would you be nice to the other shows? Like it really it's funny what they pay attention to and what they turn a blind eye to. And I do wonder what you know, what makes somebody, um, you know, step in? Like, why, why did they step in with Chef Rachel? Also, Chef Rachel does seem like she has a very, not a limited fuse, but there's seen, like, we've seen her now a couple times on Below Deck. I mean, luckily, like, you know, lucky for her, she's, like, extremely talented at what she does. So, and, and, and a lot of the time she's right. But, 
you know, and we've also seen there's, there's been issues with alcohol on the shows. Who knows if that spills over into real life, but we've all seen uh, Austin and we all know how he can be as well. I just thought it was very interesting. Usually you don't see it play out like that. And I'm so now paranoid about everything that I'm like, is this real or is this just people stirring the pot? And Austin's like, you know, it'd be cool is if we started a feud, but I don't. You know, things do have to be real sometimes. So we'll keep you updated on that. But it potentially looks like no Chef Rachel at um, at the old Bravo Con, Bravo Con 2022. I know, folks, sad. It is very sad. Um, uh, okay. And then this is actually not funny at all. Um, the Shaws of Sunset. Not that that was, by the way. I, I mean, there's humor in it. but sure. Uh, so Mike from Shaws of Sunset, you guys, they had canceled Shaws of Sunset. And now they're doing a new show, uh, of course, with like Leva and Gigi and Reza that they've already started shooting. And we'll have more information about that soon. But Shaws of Sunset star Mike Shoed charged with domestic violence against his fiance in Los Angeles. Um, so he has been charged in 14 criminal counts. Remember that there was this, uh, accusation months ago, right on the same week that, uh, Shaw's got canceled. And they said, you know, a lot of people speculated that the show got canceled because of Mike, but that supposedly is not true. Uh, the, the domestic, uh, the charges are domestic violence, battery, and a weapons charge in a case involving his fiance. Now the, the woman was not named uh in the initial thing but now you know it has come out that it is definitely his fiance uh paulina and she identified herself wednesday as the victim of the domestic violence case through her lawyers um and this is this is a really big deal there there was a rumor that it was not um his fiance that it was another partner that they were having a threesome with. Uh, no, truly that was kind of one of the rumors going around. And I think if I'm not mistaken, you know, that, uh, that was Mercedes, uh, that, that, that said that on, uh, I think Jeff Lewis's show. I don't know. So I'll keep you guys updated on that, but these are just really serious charges. And I mean, I think this goes without saying, uh, especially on this show, but uh, violence against women, women in any way is just wrong, whether it be, you know, allegedly doing blow, trying to get Chef Rachel to do it, or if you're actually verbally or uh, physically abusing a woman. I mean, for guys, you know, nobody should hit guys either, but this is just really sad. And I hope there is some sort, I don't know how you make it. I don't know how there's a happy ending from this story, but uh, who knows? But let's leave off with a, uh, a happy story. If you're a fan of Adele, you know, the singer, um, <laughs> we had talked a lot about this when she initially canceled her Vegas, uh, her Caesars palace Vegas shows. And she had done it the day before. So fans had already flown in and it was just a big sprawling mess. Well, you guys guess what? They've all been rescheduled now. In addition to the 24 rescheduled shows, eight new shows have been added. Adele says she is beyond, beyond excited to finally perform, and she is going to give you guys the best of her. She says, words can't explain how ecstatic I am to finally be able to announce these rescheduled shows. I truly was heartbroken to have to cancel them. And then it's a new uh, Weekends with Adele, November through March at the Coliseum. And it's like her singing like, oh, 
And there was a rumor that it wasn't even going to be back in the Coliseum. So this is a big deal. She goes, after what feels like an eternity of figuring out logistics, logistics for the show that I really want to deliver and knowing it can happen. Punta Mita. It's me, PK. No, she goes, I'm more excited than ever. Now I know for some of you, it was a horrible decision on my part. And I will always be sorry for that. But I promise you, it was the right one. To be with you in such an intimate space every week has been what I've most been looking forward to, and I'm going to give you the absolute best of me. Thank you for your patience. I love you, Adele. More info on Adele.com. So if you're an Adele fan, I mean, listen, these shows are probably already sold out at this point because on the secondary market, guess what? These are already going for, you guessed it, $41,000 on a secondary market already commanding $40,000 per seat. Now, Ticketmaster is in a little bit of a hot water. I mean, not really, because nobody's going to do shit about it. But Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band announced a new tour. And um, Ticketmaster decided to do this new thing, and it's called dynamic pricing. And what that is, you guys, is... If a, if a show is really in demand for a certain number of seats, they will jack up the price because they are trying to guess what resellers would sell those tickets for. So they're trying to cut out resellers entirely and keep all that money for themselves. I mean, a lot of the times Ticketmaster and a lot of these big companies will only release a certain amount of tickets because they will keep those tickets and put them on the secondary market themselves, which sounds insane, but it really truly does happen. So people for Bruce Springsteen were losing their minds paying $5,000 through Ticketmaster, not even on a secondary market. So this shit, it just keeps driving up the price. It's like, you know, you're going to, it's going to not really do it's just going to piss off fans in the end how are you going to be something like bruce springsteen or adele like you know adele comes from like a working class background bruce springsteen is like mr new jersey you know like the the <laughs> like it, it's hard because you know we can't afford shit like that and these are people that shouldn't even be entertaining those prices so it's really fascinating to see what the industry's doing like i mean like people like harry styles i mean sold out like what like 10 nights at the forum in los angeles within like a day i mean less than a day i think a couple of hours and those prices were insane and you're kind of like man it's so wild i know we're trying to make up for the pandemic and the loss uh, of time and revenue for these companies but sometimes it feels like they're price gouging so bad and it's really it's weird like do we really want to live in a society event <laughs> the show's a lot today you <laughs> I already talked about my love of counting crows and where we're going as a society. Okay. Okay. That's okay. I'm going to say this one last thing. We'll go to commercial and then we'll come back with Chris Frangiola, who's just amazing. But I was telling at the very end of this, I did this uh, interview last week. I was trying to, because on his show, he kind of talks about like certain news stories, a little left of center. And Chris Frangiola can make anything funny, man. And if you don't know, he used to be one of the 
head writers on Chelsea lately for eight seasons. He's still on Heather McDonald's pod all the time. And we actually talk about Heather and just how flipping amazing and what she's created. I mean, Heather, Heather McDonald is a juggernaut, like true legend in this business. There are a lot of people that do what I'm trying to do and do it so much better. And they've done it for longer too. But I mean, just like what Heather has done, even if it looks like, you know, she makes it look easy and it's just not. It's just not. I mean, you know, you have Danny, you have Ronnie and Ben, you know, you have Kate Casey, you have Lara, you have like all these just amazing, amazing podcasters out there. My buddy Kendrick, my brother, you know, but I mean, just you, you throw a stone, there's a good podcaster there. But we do both compliment just how flipping good Heather McDonald is. And her fan base is so awesome. Those juicy scoopers are I don't even want to say insane. Like they're like me with counting crows, man. <laughs> you baddies. It's hey, it's going to be war one day. But I, I talk about this story. I don't know if you guys heard this, but there is this thing that was like a viral TikTok sensation um, where this girl was selling a thing called pink sauce for $20 a bottle and it sold out. So it, it, the, I guess chef Carly P P I I, um, sold this and it was not like regulated. Like she literally just did this all herself. And so it sold out, but then there was like a huge backlash and this thing looks disgusting. You guys like Pepto-Bismol, like imagine putting Pepto-Bismol on your fries. Like, no, thank you. She says, y'all just really got to give me the break. Give me a break. Y'all got to stop this negativity. The chef said Thursday in a YouTube video that clocked in at nearly 52 minutes. My God, that's like half of my pod. I have to separate from this stuff. I cannot allow y'all to bury me mentally. Um, she also went to was a the product launch has not been without its beginner level pro, uh, problems and those were compounded by the virality of the product because it you know remember it really got passed around TikTok pink sauce which personal chef P said she had previously served to private clients <laughs> I am Diana I love putting pink sauce on things Diana Jenkins and Asher we love pink sauce please. I'll say, I'll say, I love, I love me some pink sauce. Um, it became available for purchase at $20 a bottle on July 1st. Before that, it was just a giveaway item. She says, I've been using it and serving it to my clients for a year. No one has ever gotten sick. <laughs> While fans of pink sauce are sticking to their guns, others, many of them on TikTok, have been piling on with complaints and fears about the product. Um, so uh, this is, I guess, is a private chef from Miami and... She started a month ago. She only had 800 followers on TikTok, and now she has more than 142,000 followers with 4 million likes on her post. So she says, this is a small business, y'all. This is a small business that is moving really, really fast. Sounds like you need, Chef P, the folks over at Shark Tank. Uh, in addition to the sauce biz, Chef P offers private sit-down dinner, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the pink sauce website lists the condiments' main ingredients as honey, chili, garlic, sunflower seed oil, and dragon fruit, a.k.a. Pitaya, P-I-T-A-Y-A. The product's er early label had a more complete list. Water, sunflower seed oil, raw honey, distilled vinegar, garlic, pitaya, pink Himalayan sea salt, and less than 2% dried spices, lemon juice, milk, and citric acid. Since then, P said on YouTube, milk has been changed to dry milk. Also, there is now a reference to refrigerating the sauce. <laughs> I love that the recipe keeps changing. Um, she says... Uh, 
Dragon fruit is rich in magnesium, which helped me out with my anxiety. So she's saying pink sauce is good for you guys. She says, that is my personal story, and that is why I love dragon fruit. Um, so in a myriad of images online, the color of pink sauce is all over the place, uh, ranging from pop of color fuchsia to Pepto-Bismol. So uh, this is the other downside, you guys. And I think this of uh, anything really food-wise is that you're trying to stay away from. She says, it turns out that dragon fruit has a beets-like, not beets by Dre, but B-E-E-T-S-like effect on the human digestive tract. So it turns poop red, you guys. So when Erica Jane takes her laxatives, if that... Oh, no, my poop, I'm bleeding. Oh, oh, no, it's my pink sauce. <laughs> uh, so P said on YouTube, she adjusted the color down from the vibrant hue. My uh, Dude, I remember I used to get these boxes of, like, fruits and vegetables. Yeah, this is gross. Um, I was trying to be cool. Remember that was, like, a big, like, subscription service. You get, like, I'm sure they still have it, but I, like, did it once, and I got beets, and I made, like, beets. And then I did that happened to me in the bathroom and I'm such a dummy that I didn't realize that I had eaten beets and it does that. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm dying. Like it's finally happening. And <laughs> just the way you thought it was. <laughs> okay. So, but anyways, you guys, now people are kind of criticizing saying this is not FDA approved. This is the, you know, there's even a typo on the bottle. Um, and, P also emphasized in a video that the sauce is now manufactured in a facility that's approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and in line with FDA standards. She says, we are currently in lab testing. Once we go through lab testing, we will be able to pitch to stores. Um, so the chef caught some heat, though, in an Instagram live session when she did not know that the FDA stood for food. She thought it was just drugs. So she said, I don't sell medical products. The pink sauce is not a medical product. The pink sauce don't contribute to your health. And um, so, you know, didn't realize it was the Food and Drug Administration. So, uh, so we'll see. I mean, this is just something to keep an eye on. I just wanted to give a little more context because I brought this up at the end of the Chris Rangiola interview and did not give all of the details surrounding it. Also, Chris Rangiola did this entire interview in his car and still looks sharp as hell. I mean, this guy, best dressed guy in the biz. Seriously. So I tell the story in the beginning, but I knew Chris. Uh, he didn't know that it was me when we requested the interview, but I, uh, my roommate, Sarah Hubbard, my old roommate, Sarah Hubbard, uh, we used to live right down the street from the Viper room. And there was a, a place called Mirabelle and Chris Frangiola before he had gotten the Chelsea lately gig was a waiter. And I would go in there to get free drinks from my roommate, Sarah, who was behind the bar and Chris Frangiola and a cast of character. Uh, yeah, you, it was a cast of characters. This guy named Carl. I mean, just a bunch of good people. And he would just sit. Uh, he, Chris Vangiola always really made me laugh. And I didn't even like he brings this up. He sat through a three hour play of mine that I did years and years and years ago because I forgot my roommate dragged him to that. And that was wild. So it was really a blast from the past for me. But I know a lot of you guys love him and deservedly so because this guy is talented as hell and what a cool career he is having. So I want you to go subscribe to that podcast. Give him a five-star review. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do some commercials and they go right into Mr. Chris Frangiola. And then I'm going to see you bright and early on Friday, you mofos, for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap. Oh, I'm already so excited, you guys. Have a great day. 
Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, folks, now is the part of the show that I love the most because we get to talk about our sponsor for the week. And we have a returning sponsor and truly one of my favorite. I feel like a super cool guy when this sponsor is with us. It is, of course, our friends at Rothy's. You guys have heard me brag about my Rothy's shoes so much. In fact, I wore them last week. And I got complimented. I wore them to, that's right, Schwartz and Sandy's, the opening. And it was the only, everything else on me was probably gross, except for my amazing Rothy's shoes. And I got to tell you, this week, compliment somebody on something that they wear. Because somebody complimented me on those Rothy's shoes, and I think they truly meant just the shoes. But it made me feel good all week long. So, uh, Rothy says, have you ever seen someone wearing a colorful, colorful pair of flats and thought, Dang, those are cute. They might have been Rothy's, you guys. Rothy's are the perfect shoes for commuting and traveling. Everyone notices them. They're known for their chic, pointed-toe flats, but that's just the beginning because they have tons of iconic head-turning designs in bright but sophisticated colors. Plus, Rothy's works great with every outfit. You can wear them with yoga pants or dress them up for a night out, and they are insanely comfortable, almost like a slipper. So as soon as you take your first step, you think, ah, yes, that is more like it. Mine are so damn comfortable, you guys. Like, honestly, I have weird... I have weird walking issues, and these feel great. <laughs> I have weird walking issues. And Rothy's takes sustainability to the next level. This is actually super cool. All their products are knit with thread made from plastic water bottles. I feel like this is Jamie Lee Curtis and Dorit. Like, does the technology exist? How chic is that? With thread made from plastic water bottles? They've repurposed around 125 million water bottles so far. Um, so I'm a dude, right? Rothy's is really known for how amazing their women's footwear are, but I got to tell you, their men's is just as good. Uh, for all you guys out there listening or you girls with a dude or looking to get a dude, these Rothy's, get them a pair of Rothy's. I'm telling you, these are awesome shoes. 
They also have like cool handbags and computer bags and stuff like that that I want to get down the line. Or Rothy's, if you're listening, please give me a computer bag, please. Um, I just think it's really cool to wear something that you know is actual quality. Uh, it truly is. I always talk about, you know, I'm not going to mention it here, but my favorite store. And sometimes they've been not known for their quality. But Rothy's has, is completely known. Uh, it's stylish. There's comfort and the washability because you can even wash these shoes and they hold up. Uh, they are just so easy to wear, slip on, slip off. And like I said earlier, you can match them pretty much with any style. And there are so many different ones. Go to the website even. Just check it out because I'm going to tell you to go to rothys.com forward slash so bad and do that for me, man. So they know that you guys at least checked it out, but you will see how easy that site is to maneuver and how many options you have. So your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com forward slash so bad that's r-o-t-h-y-s dot com slash so bad for twenty dollars off your first order uh that'll be in the show notes as well folks heck yeah welcome Dak. back to so bad it's good today actually is somebody that's like a blast from the past somebody i really actually respect in the pop culture uh community but i also actually have a personal connection with him you might know him from the podcast the cover to cover podcast with chris frangiola but also he was a writer on chelsea lately for eight years 1500 episodes you guys love him every episode he's on heather mcdonald but i need you to go check out his podcast we're also on the same network we're cloud 10 so this is like biggie and tupac Coming together are we, finally. Are we cloud? Are we all we, cloud we are 10? both cloud yeah. ten. Yeah. So Chris Rangiola, right. welcome to the show. Ryan, now that I know it's you, I would. <laughs> it's, I've been waiting years for this opportunity. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't realize it was you, and now that I see you, so I would like to. I mean, I guess uh, fuck with you about the fact that I believe I sat through. A four-hour Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Oh no, Glenn. no, it was Hurley Burley. You saw Hurley me in Burley. Hurley Burley. Okay, you're right, Hurley Burley. <laughs> you are right, Hurley Burley. I'm talking way, 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 way back. A local theater here in Los Angeles. You know, yeah. little hole in the wall deals that we have here in LA. And I said, and it's a long Hurley Burley's a long. Oh, it's show three anyway. hours, and I was yeah, like snorting baking one. powder up my nose. Yeah, and it was like a yeah. black box. It was like forty people in the audience. Audience and you right. and my old roommate Sarah Hubber, which the connection is you guys both worked at Mirabelle, and right. I would go up to Mirabelle on a nightly basis to try to get free drinks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As did we all. You know, that was like a little area over there, free drink area, that Red Rock, and like I think maybe Saddle Ranch back then. But uh yeah. oh my God, Amanda, Amanda's dude Joe has the Red Rock sign still in their backyard. Amanda Hubbers yeah. has Amanda, the Red Rock right, sign right, in their right. backyard. I still run into them from time to time. Uh, I don't know if she's still there, but Amanda was at a bar not far from where I am right now in uh, the Laurel Tavern. She was yeah, there totally. She's still there. Time. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, and then Sarah was at the local peasant. Uh, I don't know. Well, if she's of course, still Carl. There, but... Yeah, I mean Carl. Yeah, Carl that's his place, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. So. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, it's good to see you again. Yeah, that's what. Well, it was amazing. I mean, speaking of shows, I remember going to see you at a stand-up show at Room Five. At that, remember that club? Like it was Fairfax, like, the, yeah, on Fairfax. yeah, like Fairfax, the top. I remember, I think yes. you did like a bit about Guns N' Roses or something. Yes, and, with Matt Sorum in the crowd. 
Yes, that's yes. it. Yeah, with the, the the drummer of Guns N' Roses. Yeah, yeah. Matt Sorum was there uh, with a girl who, who was worked at Mirabelle, as a matter of fact. Uh, he was dating her or something, whatever. But yeah, that was, uh, I mean, this is going so, I mean, so long ago. I've been in Los Angeles far, far too long. Well, that, I mean, me too. I mean, I keep thinking of like, that's yesterday. That was like 2002, 2003. And it's funny, like I wouldn't, <laughs> You know, you were always like the funny dude saying comments at Mirabelle. But then when I actually started seeing, I'm like, oh, my God, this dude's popping up like he's one of the main writers on Chelsea lately. And you're popping up here and you're popping up there. That is wild to see. But you couldn't have. And I mean, this not in a like you couldn't have predicted that that was going to be you were you were struggling. No, 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 no. I mean, it was, you know, as you know, this is this business is a a real pain in the ass. And and to get anything is just so difficult and and to get you know on a hit show that i was on for a long time which i mean pretty pretty much the first thing i'd ever done uh, and, that, and to have that be successful any yeah right right of anything that was i mean i went i was literally still working at mirabelle when i got chelsea lately to the point where people were recognizing me while i was waiting <laughs> table that's and I was like, I, you know, I eventually wound up leaving, but, uh, you know, I, I know, I didn't know how long it was going to last. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. I was talking to, uh, I had Heather McDonald on a couple of weeks ago and I was mentioning, like, I was like, oh yeah, he used to make fun of me uh, at Mirabelle. Like, I remember you would like, like throw jabs. At, I mean, that was kind of, you threw jabs at everybody, which was great, right. but what yeah. a, uh, it was so cool to watch. And then to see you kind of do your thing, but would you ever have thought it would have been around pop culture, especially where uh, you're from? Well, I mean, I, I'm kind of glad it was, you know, because uh, I, I always kind of followed that world. I knew it well. So when I got the job, it was it was nothing I knew I, I couldn't handle. You know, I knew yeah. I could I was going to be good at it. So it was the perfect uh, job for me at the time. I was uh, also talking to Heather about just like going in every day. It must have been kind of like a kid in a candy store of, you know, I was watching old videos of you with like like Dave Grohl or on your Instagram and you would be able to just pitch things to these people or go in every day and see what was around and write based on like the current news stories. Is Was that yeah. like a dream for you? Oh, dr- absolute dream. It, you know, I was just talking about it on my podcast recently. This, I don't know if you're familiar with the story, right? That's currently going on about this Sesame Street theme park where the, some of the puppets. Yes, they didn't shake hands, racist. supposedly. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not. They're ignoring some of the black children. And it, th- stories like that is when I miss Chelsea lately. I'm like, this is such a perfect story for that show. We could put somebody in a costume. We could make a sketch out of it. And, you know, every day we were we were live. And so if it didn't work, we just did it again. And, you know, and we had another shot at the next day, which is just that's unheard of in the comedy world to get like instant feedback on a television show. And then, I mean, like still like you're on the road right now selling out like stand up dates. I mean, you're in Boston, I think, at the end of July, which is uh, coming up pretty soon for three dates. Is that wild though that now you are a known entity after I mean just like there's like 1% or 0.5% of Los Angeles where we can actually make a living of doing I agree. Yes, and I I don't take that for granted. It's been a while now. I've been making a living at this for I mean, I think 20 years now. Uh, yeah. but you know, I always have I always have waiting tables in the back of my head. Will it happen? But I think at this <laughs> point, I, I don't think at this point I'm gonna do it. I, I don't think yeah, yeah. I mean you can do it for fun, just to like right, keep it like right. salt of the earth. Yeah, yeah. Um 
So in terms of, and your, uh, your podcast, actually, I was listening to it and it was, I mean, just so damn smooth. Like it reminds me of, uh, when I really love listening to Stern, like you and your co-host were just bouncing back and forth where like the hour went so damn quickly, but yeah. you do pop culture stories, but then you kind of do like unique stories or you we were talking try, about, we try to, uh, yeah. I mean, it was something that I started. I don't know about how you got into the game, the podcast game, but how long ago, how long have you been doing this? Well, I mean, I did, it started over a pandemic, but it was basically talking about reality shows and pop culture. Right. And I was doing it in my bedroom and then it started building and then like cloud 10 found me and stuff and kind of pushed me in that direction. But it was just kind of this lonely thing I would do over pandemic by myself. Right. So, I mean, I would say about like three years now. Yeah. That, that, almost the exact same thing as me. We're, we're a little beyond three years, but same thing, kind of a pandemic or close to it. It was a little bit before that so much so that we often talk about uh, on the podcast that we, we were the first people to begin to talk about at the time they were calling it coronavirus. And we had read. Shout out to coronavirus. Yeah. And a science magazine, we read a little blurb that something was brewing in Wuhan and, and whatever. And we mentioned it on the podcast uh years i mean about six months before it all went crazy so uh yeah and then it just i was working at the time on lights out with david spade and i thought this was going to be the next 10 year run for me oh i, I did dude i did i love spade so much like he, yeah, like when i but like i remember that show he was on stern promoting it and i was like oh this is like a no-brainer like he, you know, he's so good at celebrity pop culture thought. And everybody thought it's three comedians. It was the same producers as Chelsea Lately, so it had a similar vibe. It was three comedians and Spade kind of riffing on the stories of the day. And it just seemed like, oh, Comedy Central, 11 o'clock. This is going to run for eight years. And, I, you know, it, it was great. We were having fun. And then the pandemic hit, and for whatever reason... You know how it is. Comedy Central changed vice presidents. They didn't want Spade. The COVID was happening. So and it was over like quick, yeah. like eight or nine months. So I was like, well, shit. I mean, now I'll put it all into the podcast. And it yeah. worked. You know, it worked. It, and I love doing it. I mean, like you mentioned Stern. I, I, I'm i a Stern fanatic and have been Dude. for 30 years. So it's it's I mean, I, I have to I have to admit I ripped him off a lot um oh, but i love stern won't give any kind of like he's like f podcast because i oh, love yeah. like it's classic stern to rip on something but like that to me was my love of uh of talk radio was because of him that like you know or even just using like i'll have my family on the show because of him i'll bring right. characters into my life because that's the element of it that i just truly loved was feeling yeah. like you were a part of this reality show and these are your friends Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's I mean, Stern is, you know, he could just make four hours fly by. I remember Chris Rock one time said that Stern does like stand up quality comedy for four hours every single day. Yeah. He and was saying true. like he was like, do you know how hard that is? Do yeah. You know how? He makes it look easy. And what I love, too, and I think we're like so weird as a society now as we you know are getting more into woke culture and things like that is that. Um, I can disagree with Stern and still want to listen to him every day. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Like I, yeah. I can like, Oh, you know, I have a difference of opinion, but I still love listening to you. And I think yeah. that is like the kind of the greatest thing of like, you really love them. And I think I read so many of your fans just love you wherever you take them. And I think that's like kind of the greatest sign of somebody that's good at what they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, the, you know, I have a good following. It's a, it's a, 
it's a good following. And, and that's once again, like you were talking about uh, getting a job in Hollywood, getting a fan base for these things. I mean, as you know, yeah. everybody has a podcast and, uh, and getting, I know, doesn't it piss you off? The people that are now like they're celebrities, but now they're getting into podcasts about uh, reviewing their old TV shows. Like, and I'm like, this, this is ridiculous. supposed to be, this was supposed to be the last stop for people like us who couldn't yes. find, you know, success in any other way. That's what it was supposed to be. And it was. And now everybody, I mean, Asians are basically telling big time stars to get a podcast. <laughs> or it's like, hey, we the, the goal here is to get you a TV show. So one day you can have a podcast talking right. about that TV show. Exactly. I mean, and, and these people are making more like those three guys over there. You know, what is it uh, the, the the one, I forget what it's called, ridiculousness or whatever with the three. Oh, the, that's Sean always Hayes on MTV and, all the yeah, time. Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes. And, oh, uh, the, yes. And uh, the the third pop, yeah, the Will third Arnett? Guy. No. Will Arnett, yeah. 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 But the three of them are, are, I'm not kidding when I say this, they're making more money on that podcast than they've made on anything they've ever done. Uh, I think they just sell, sold it for $100 million. They're touring yeah. theaters with it. So they're just, and they're going to have to leave the house. So I think it's a, I can understand why people want to do it, but it's also difficult to be entertaining. You know, as you know, it, it's not for everybody. So oh, I, I, ra- I rarely do it, Chris. I mean, I'm rarely entertaining on this. So this yeah, is like so hard, <laughs> but by the way, we'd also like to announce right now, we are uh, stepping out against that other podcast with those three main guys. It's going to be like, we should start kind of like a East coast, West coast rap kind of thing, like old yeah. school with podcasting. Oh, I do it all the time. I call them all out. I, I, I would love to, uh, I, if they all kind of went away because yeah, it, it angers me that the celebrities are getting involved because they had their shot. They did it, you know? Yes. And well, my always thing is like, okay, no matter what I can outlast them. Like, cause eventually they're going to have to go back to movies or something like right. that. And I will still be recording every week. Yeah. See, so good. Good for you. Well, I'm glad it's working out, man. By the way, I love this. You kind of have like the same approach as my parents. Like, good for you, bud. Good for you. Like, you seem like you're enjoying yourself. You seem like you're enjoying your news. Well, Um, it it is very difficult to explain podcast success (laughs) to anyone above, you know, 60. Like my Uh, parents have, they just can't wrap their head around it. You know, I have, I I constantly tell them it's successful. Like in, but they don't, they, if it's not TV, they're like, that means nothing to me. I even to then to like, I had to show my mom Apple podcast each time I visit her. It's like a re like I redo the same instructions every time, but then she's always one. Why aren't you on the front page? Are you not good right, enough for the right. front page of Apple podcasts? And like, uh-huh. what does TV and film category mean? Is that not as good of a category as science? And I'm like, I don't right. know. Um, you were talking about on this week's episode uh, and you of course have a personal um, relationship with these people and I'm not looking for dirt or anything, but I had done the news story about the, breakup right prior to the one year of Joe Coy and Chelsea Handler. Right. And you were talking about this and I, I had talked about it cause I read this passage on Instagram and they posted this really lovely video of like them celebrating their one year anniversary. And yeah. if you couldn't read, if you were like illiterate, like R Kelly, you would be able to not, you would think everything's great, but well, then the in the passage, thing- I, many people don't read, they don't read the, those things. So I think many people did think that, um, and you know, people just, they scroll Instagram and just look and don't read that. So I, I think that's kind of what, what is happening now. I think they're running into, Oh wait, they broke up. So anyway, well, it, was a, I told, it was a long passage. It was a long yeah. passage where it said, but also the most complimentary passage about a man 
that I've read from a woman in so long of just like, right. you, you opened my heart. And like, I mean, just really like I was blushing at a certain point and it's very different than the Chelsea Handler. I grew up, you know, like watched on TV where she can be yeah. so cutting and funny. So I was waiting for a punchline of some sort, but then it was so nice that I was like, well, why aren't you guys still together? And why did you make a video before like celebrating the one year? If you knew that this was com like, it really, I feel like we're yeah. going to be studying this like the Zapruder film at some point. Well, I mean, I boil it down to something as basic as, as you know, you've been around a long time as have I, everyone in this town is insane, you know? Yeah, they're, truly. I mean, they truly really are. Yeah, they really are. I mean, especially when you get to a certain level of success, I believe you have to be somewhat kooky in order to be truly successful in this town i'm talking yeah. you know the jennifer anderson's of the world and the people where because otherwise they would go insane beyond the insane insane they already are if you're stared at everywhere you go and some you have to put up some sort of wall that you this doesn't bother you and i think that makes you a little crazy and therefore you you make you pre-tape you know uh, you announcements like, like yeah these are these are bizarre it's it's behavior bizarre behavior you know of of famous people but that's well, nothing new no, it's nothing new at all. I just yeah. find it fascinating when somebody that comments on celebrity behavior starts falling into celebrity behavior because I, it's like, you know, you're already going to get poked fun at. Like you already right. know how this stuff is dissected. You dissected it yourself. And that way you now fall into a camp of like a uh, Pete and Kim or a Machine right. Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. And I was like, that to me is the wild aspect of it because it's like, you're right. one of us. You're supposed to make fun of this with us, you know? Well, I was, you know, I was on Chelsea Lilly from the beginning to the end. And it happened while we were doing that show. Literally, we would, I mean, it's a whole different world that we live in now. We couldn't even say uh, 90% of the things we said on that show. I'm not kidding when I say this. We would literally start off a round table with, you know, three comedians sitting there and Chelsea would go, okay, here's the topic. Mariah Carey is fat. And we would, <laughs> you know, and that was a topic. Yeah, we would jump on board and, you know, three comedians would go, is, boy, is she? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, we'd be arrested for saying these things today. But, and as we got further into it and Chelsea got more and more successful and bigger and bigger, and bigger, and our, and our guests became bigger and bigger, we, you know, we, there, these people were off the table. Can't make fun of her anymore. Can't make fun yeah. of her anymore. She's my friend now, blah, blah, blah. So then towards the end, we were like, well, what the fuck? We, you know, we, every, every, uh, thing we did was about some guy fucked a park bench and was arrested. <laughs> we had to go to that. <laughs> well, I mean, cause you even had Kardashians on your network on many e. times I mean, did on you our show. I mean, did you have any edicts when it came down to them of like, you can't talk, you can talk Kim a little bit, but do not talk Chloe. You know, it was funny because I'll say this about them. I, and I, I've met them many times. They have a great sense of humor about themselves. They're in on the joke. They get it. They don't give a shit. And so they were pretty good about, we don't care except for the sex tape. The only thing that they, <laughs> we had a bit of a thing was the Ray J thing. Don't yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Not talk about that. And I think even think that's kind of been lifted a little bit now, but I think that was E coming down and saying, and he never gave us any notes. They were, they were great. They were just like, you guys do whatever you want. Yeah, You're making there. money that you're, you guys yeah. are great. Yeah. They didn't care. So. <laughs> Uh, but but the, yeah, it was that was like the one rule that we had was you know stay away from the sex tape. But otherwise, they were open to anything, and they were on the show many times, and we could literally make fun of them. You know, fat ass, all that stuff was open. <laughs> well, you you were talking about on the podcast too of like the 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 
I mean, kind of like what it takes to be a celebrity nowadays. You were saying you get off the road and you're like, I'm out. I'm not going to talk to you for four days. I'm going to lock myself. I mean, I know you're a new father and all like, right. I, I don't want to go out anymore. Like, I don't like to, if I had a friend that worked at Mirabelle now, I'd be like, have fun. I'll see you tomorrow. Like I wouldn't Absolutely. go in like, and that was just a restaurant. I mean, imagine having to go to clubs day in. Like if I look at the Kardashians, it's no longer aspirational. It's like, I do not have that kind of stamina or work. I don't want to work that hard. Do you now? What do you think that is? You think it's age or you think it's, I mean, you, well, Chris, I fully, I've just given up. I mean, like, that's just, it's over. Like, this is like I said, I just want to sit down and podcast, but I think also it's, you know, it's like, I'm seeing white get into my beard. I don't need to be at a club. I don't need to be at, and then there's so much good TV on right now. Like, you know, I know you're watching We Crashed. I mean, there's so much good yeah, we stuff crashed. out there. But have you I, now, have you been like, have you, for whatever reason, you, you been out to a club in the last six months that, you know, for what, maybe you had to go meet a friend or something. Cause it's shocking how, first of all, how young everyone is. Yeah. Um, it's both depressing and shocking. I recently you, had to do something where I was in a club and it's sad and it's no way you ever want to be. Well, yeah, I, I had a, I went to Vegas for my birthday, which I thought was going to be this amazing, fun experience, and then realized like I'm not a Vegas guy to begin with. Like I saw Chris Rock, and I was already annoyed because I had to put my phone in a pouch. And then right. we went to like a, a club dance thing, and I was just like, "Oh, this is so sad." Not I was like trying to like make fun of it, but at the same time, I was like, "This just is not me anymore." Like and then, like right. the bottle service was upsetting me. I was like, "Who does yeah. this? This is so." And everybody's having a great time, except like I'm the fuddy duddy that is the 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 old man just judging people. Right, right, yeah, that's so true. I feel the same way. But there's and no part of you that's like, "Oh, I want to get out there and chase the lady." Like none of that. No, I don't have no, any no, no. of that. But I'll say this: there is a part of me that's somewhat. Um, I'm like, it's sad that I don't feel excited about these things anymore. There is a part yes. of me that's sad about it. The wistfulness, like I remember, yeah. I don't like, I remember like what the, the power to go, like, I can't tell you how many times you guys that I'd go to Mirabelle and to get a free drink was just oh, yeah. so I felt, I felt on top of the world. I had just gotten out of a long relationship. I had moved in with Sarah and Amanda, her sister lived and I, we lived right down the street from the Viper room and just to walk up and either hit yeah. Barfly, which Amanda worked at, which was a nightclub or that's Mirabelle, right. That's right. And to get free drinks at both. It was just like, I've never felt more powerful in my life. I felt like I could take on the world. I remember my dad, Hugh Hefner used to come in on Friday nights to Barfly with Barfly, his whole, yes. uh, his whole and crew I, of blonde girls oh, around him. Yeah. And he would come in early, you know, and they would have a section roped off and Amanda tipped us off. And I had my dad in town and my dad got to meet Hugh Hefner and he literally cried afterwards to me and said he was really proud of me. Like I'd never seen a moment where he goes, I'm really yeah. proud of you, man. Like I, he, he, Hugh Hefner meant so much to him. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I, it's funny. I, I remember the few times going into Barfly Hefner was there every time I was Hefner and John Claude Van Damme. We're always at Barfly. <laughs> yes, yeah, they're, if they're, they're, they're racking tours. If there's anything that tells you a chunk of time, <laughs> it's those two names. <laughs> um, uh, you used to talk about uh, Johnny Depp, or you do actually a character uh, on Chelsea lately. Are you yeah. kind of, I mean, this was before any of the Amber Heard and all of this stuff, right. but is it kind of shocking to see now that like he's kind of a star again because of a court case? Like it's like OJ in a weird way, but he's yeah. way more successful. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, 
I don't know how you feel about Depp. I've never been a giant Depp fan. I've always thought it was all a bit overblown. Um, but uh, he's certainly not a bad guy, but he's ruined a lot of, you know, Tim Burton movies outside of Ed Wood. I, you know, most of them are not great. Like when the court case was going on, all these people were out front of the, you know, on the steps of the courthouse cheering his name and stuff. I'm like, I don't know what is, what are good Johnny Depp movies? I can think of, I didn't well, even really outside of the first Pirates of the Caribbean. And but like I, I saw Pirates, I saw the Pirates of the Caribbean, and I remember liking it. And that's really the extent of my. But people will be like, he needs to be Jack Sparrow again, and they're like getting emotional about it. And I'm like, that's yeah. not the movie. Like I liked the one movie, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, where Leonardo DiCaprio played yeah. the mentally challenged man. Like there were right. little roles like that. But I, I just found it so interesting of where we're at in society is that we. Like the people that love him, love him. And I'm like, what do we love? Like he wears 3000 bracelets every day. Yeah. He's yeah. like multiple, like just to get out of the house, it's got to take three hours of some oh, sort. God. And people, he's bigger than ever. He's like the Beatles. I know it's wild. Uh, you know, I, it's it, that was an interesting case. It was one of those things where believe everyone, believe everyone except this bitch. You know, that was like that. Yeah. That was. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. I don't think that girl had one person on her side. Nobody. <laughs> I think they caught her actually making pro Amber Heard comments on a separate account, and it was her. Right. Like, right. I mean, you. I mean, and listen, I know every. I know there was like proof that she. They both seem really wacky to me, and I was able to kind of watch it from. Like, I didn't have like a horse in the race, so it was right. weird that people were like, it was almost like uh, sports, which. Um, you're more of a man than I am in terms of liking men things. I think Tristan yeah. Thompson and Khloe Kardashian. Now, I don't know if you are a basketball fan, but I know uh, I'm familiar with the story though. I'm a basketball fan, but uh, yeah, I know. I know all about it. It's is he, I mean, is he, is he a good basketball player? Cause it seems like what he's really good at is just cheating. Like he's like top tier. Well, the interesting thing about all the Kardashians and the basketball players they've been with, not, or or the athletes, I'll say some of the football players as well, uh, none of them are great. And and it's and and the reason I say that because because I believe that there's almost like a hand picked. At least I, they, they used to be. I think now it might be a little different uh, because they've become the biggest stars in the world on their yeah. own. But I think in the early days of the Kardashians, I think like Chris Kardashian would literally handpick, like it can't be LeBron James because he's too busy and he's a bigger star than they are. So it's gotta be Chris Humphreys, you know, some third stringer <laughs> who nobody gives a shit about that, but it'll still get press or Reggie Bush or these people that, um, so yeah, none of them are, are all stars or great, including this guy. Yeah, I know. It really is interesting who they choose. And it almost kind of lends uh, credence to the thing where I really do believe Chris Jenner like plans these girls lives. Like, I mean, I feel like there's dossiers given of uh, like, these are who you have to choose from. We're at this level of your career now. So we got to take a left. I mean, would you imagine like a Pete Davidson with a Kim Kardashian four years ago? No, no, uh, no. Uh, I was shocked by that one when it first started happening. But I mean... You know, they went from it is interesting that they all went to skinny tattooed guys at the same yes. time as well. Yeah. What a time. I mean, what a time to be a skinny tattooed guy to like all of a sudden like and that to me is weird that I feel the Kardashians and I know we talk about them a lot on the show, but they're fascinating to study because 
these are what people like pivot in actual careers. Like lawyers will get like another degree. The Kardashians will pivot into like taste of men and they cause now a whole pop culture wave around them. I, I, I have, I can't really, I have no beef with them. I really don't because, you know, people often say they have no talent. I'm like, that's yeah, yeah. their talent. The talent is they're still here and not yes. only still here, not only still here, wildly successful beyond anything. And, and all of them, well, I'm, every single one of them, of the girls are insanely successful and continue to be and showing <laughs> no, showing no signs of stopping. I like that you clarified the girls. Like, sorry, Rob. Uh, Rob, no, I you, I mean, Rob's uh, got know, his I sock know, line. I don't yeah, know yeah. what happened with oh, Rob or uh, or Caitlin. You know, there was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, baby, woo. Yeah, so I don't know what they're. I don't know what. I don't think Rob ever wanted to be in this world. No, so isn't it? Rob kind of almost seems like a folk hero. Like, yeah. you know, like I put it all aside. I don't need my name out there. And he's like living on the wilderness, like Rambo or somebody, you know. Yeah, like even the fact that he was all involved in all that Black China bullshit. I was like, was that something that Chris set up? Because he doesn't seem like the type of guy who'd be involved in that world at all. No. And then, well, that relationship completely went south, obviously. And there's a court case against them. And Rob didn't even go to the court case, but all his sisters did. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, amazing. Um, Is there one celebrity that you... I mean, is there or uh, that you're even allowed to admit that just irks you to all hell that like, I just can't, I can't, I just turn red with anger. Well, I've been saying this on the podcast and I, and it, and it, it pains me to say it, but I'm just saying, keep an eye on it. Okay. Cause if they're not, <laughs> Oh wait, is not, this like when you discovered coronavirus, you're like, yes, keep an eye yes, on this. It's, yes. And I'm going to say this and I know it's shocking, but I'm just going to say, keep an eye on it. I believe we are getting to the tipping point of Ryan Reynolds becoming annoying. Wait, I think we got, wait, do you like how he makes fun of Blake Lively in every social media post he does? He really pokes fun at his wife. And the tanning, uh, the tanning cream on his face is getting way too heavy. And uh, you know, the, 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 aw shuck shtick that he does on the red carpets everywhere. It's, it's getting, it's starting to wear a little bit thin. The fake fight with Hugh Jackman, they have like a fake banter back and forth. All of this is becoming like, all right, cut the shit. I bet I, you know, I feel like in a month we're going to get a podcast announcement from Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, you know, he's going to drop. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there one celebrity that you just love? Like, no matter what, like, I just, because like people like Johnny Depp, you're like, you could tell him this guy killed three people and people still love him. Is there one that you throw all, uh, you know, I'll say this. And I just just mentioned him. I love, love, love. And I, I think his talent is not. It maybe will be eventually, but I feel Hugh Jackman is a super, super talented guy and a nice guy. And, you know, it's one of those guys, if you see a Hugh Jackman movie, you're probably going to see a good movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've actually seen him on Broadway and a thing that he did. Oh, did you see Music Man? Ago. Or, no, well, or... I didn't see Music Man. I saw it was called. It was his own show. It was Hugh Jackman on Broadway, and he did songs from all different shows. And the guy is just unbelievable. And uh, I don't know if you remember when he hosted the Oscars a few years ago. He yeah, just totally. amazing song and dance number in the beginning. And it was uh, so, yeah, he's one of those guys where I'm just like, I don't think he gets his due as as good as he can be, because he can literally go from playing Wolverine to playing Peter Allen on Broadway. Yes. And without missing a step, you know, and you but you do know he is and I, no joke, best friends with Ryan Reynolds. I know. I know. And, you know, he's also very good friends with Howard Stern. 
Yes, I do. Dude, yeah. I love Stern, like, because I, I love Stern's, like, relationship with, like, Bradley Cooper. Like, yeah. Bradley Cooper showed, like, Stern a cut of Stars Born and asked for, like, notes. And I right. love, like, I love hearing Stern, like, go around to other celebrities or when he would come to L.A. and, like, Jimmy Kimmel would throw him those parties with all the celebrities right. there. Did you ever get yeah. to meet Stern yet? I have not. I got very close. I've done the wrap-up show t- three times. Yes, with John with, and Gary. Yeah, yeah. With Baba Booey and, and Gary. Uh, but um, but no, I got very, very close. Chelsea, you know, goes on a lot. And she actually went to his house once for dinner. And I was supposed to be opening for her. Uh, she was doing, I think, Radio City at the time. And I had something else to do. And Josh Wolf, another guy who's writing on the show at the time, he wound up going and going to the dinner at Stern's house. So oh, it was, man. Yeah. So um, I missed out. But I think, you know what? It's one of those things I don't know if I want. I, I'm glad I didn't. I love him so much. Yes, I, don't know yeah, if yeah. I, wanna, I don't know if I want to know the real guy. Oh, totally. Like I once met Whoopi Goldberg probably on a bad day. And she was like the meanest person in the world to me. And like I was 14 years old and it just it stuck with me for the rest of my life. And she was probably just having a bad day. But for me, I was like, oh, I can never watch another Whoopi Goldberg film again. Yeah, I feel the same. I met Vince Neil. You know, we had... In the early days of Chelsea Lately, we were getting anybody. You know, we we weren't a hit yet. And so our guests were, you know, Ron Jeremy and people like that. No kidding. And well, one day we had Vince Neal came, not with Botley Crew. He came on his own promoting some shit tequila or something. <laughs> and I was so excited that Vince Neal and I went downstairs to get a picture. And he was kind of a real dick. Oh, and, God. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, doing stand-up actually right now and being able to like play for huge audiences when you came up, like as a stand-up playing to smaller crowds, what's it like? Is there any difference for you in playing for a huge crowd? Is like, I mean, what has stand-up comedy evolved into for you over the years? Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I actually still love doing it. I love it when it's good. And of course, I hate it when it's bad. And the great thing about stand-up is... I'm a bit of a Broadway guy and I love live theater and stuff. So it, uh, you know, it is live and, and it can suck no matter how good you are at it and how long you've been doing it. It's just so many things that can fuck it up still that, uh, that for that reason, I love it. So if I go to and do a weekend, five shows, whatever, one Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday, there's going to be two that are just shit still. And, uh, and I love it for that reason. I go, cause I, I'll go in first show Saturdays goes great. And then I'm like, well, the second one's going to be terrible. And, uh, that's the way it is. And I often wonder, I don't know many guys who perform on, on Broadway. I always want to talk to them and say, it, you guys have to do eight shows a week or whatever it is. Like, do you, when, when you go backstage after you're off, go, this crowd sucks. Yeah. I went the other night, I went to see move. I want to see Blue here at the Pantages. And I was wondering, like, they're busting their ass. Oh, I lose you? No, no, no you got you me. Just one... Sorry. My... Oh. No, no, I'm here. One sec. Sorry. Ryan, cut this out. Sorry, dude. There we go. That's okay. okay. You saw Moulin Rouge on Broadway? Yeah, but I mean, these everybody on stage is just busting their ass, dancing, singing. And, and the crowd is just, they're not reacting like they should and i wonder if they just go backstage and go what the fuck is with this crowd tonight <laughs> it's all smoking backstage like do you yeah, still get yeah. do you still get like um like does it throw you spiritually at times still like i mean you're like oh this rock like this was so bad it made me rethink uh, my profession yes. even well, at this the point o- the only thing that throws me spiritually now 
is just the travel, everything getting there. Once I'm in the club or at in the city, in my hotel, at the club, it's great. I love it. Uh, but it's getting there that is becoming more and more of an issue. You yeah, know, I think that's I oh, think yeah. that's old and and uh, and all that. That's you know? why podcasting is great. You can literally just sit down and do it from the comfort of your garage, basement, room, whatever. Exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, as we start winding down here, uh, I did want to come back to celebrities uh, uh, dating like online. Is there ever a time that you like I always thank God that you know, 20 years ago, social media wasn't as prevalent. So I couldn't have like posted any kind of breakup poems online or anything. I mean, yeah. just it's not in me to promote a girlfriend online or a wife or anything like that. No. I mean, could you ever do that? Cause it seems like if you need to be a celebrity, if you have to be a celebrity, you need that to be part of it, of celebrity relationships. Absolutely. And I, I, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I've never been one to put my you know, my private life online, but I don't have a famous wife or anything. So I could understand if I did, it might be something I would want to put online. You know what I mean? Like I get that. I, I so do you can tell it. your wife, if you were famous, I might actually want to do that. No, I feel like I would protect that and like keep it secret. So nobody would leave comments telling her to break up with me, you know? Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. It's, it's just, I, I think if you become a celebrity, you just can't read the comments. That is, I have a lot of friends who do Rogan's podcast. And I guess we're, the first thing Rogan tells them when they sit down is, uh, thank you for being here. Please don't read the comments. You know, like, oh, that. I mean, especially if I, you're a woman. Yeah. I mean, it's no, I mean, the, the, and the Rogan fan base is really interesting. Like they, I mean, it's like really, you'll get hated no matter what nowadays, no matter what, no matter what. Yeah. So it's like, you can't stop from doing what you love to do because like, I'll even do that sometimes with like podcast uh, reviews and I stopped reading them, but like, you know, you have all these good ones and then one will just be like, so brutal and like, like, oh my God, this, and I, and you'll agree with them because I'm self hating, you know? Right, right. So how's your podcast doing? You're, you're doing well, huh? It's doing great. We're like, we're in the top 20 of TV and film podcasts, uh, but it's great. like a, it's a daily grind. So it's, but it's really focused on like reality stars and stuff like that. I mean, Heather is such a huge inspiration to what I do, but I'm kind yeah. of a weird unicorn like you in some ways where I'm like a straight dude doing this. So it's not completely yeah. natural because I think in like reality shows and pop culture, it's like very female and, uh, you know, kind of gay driven. Right. I agree. Uh, I love I love doing Juicy Scoop. I mean, it's amazing to me the numbers that she does. And, and she how, is like a legend. Yeah. The impact of that show is is at this point, I mean, probably bigger than what Chelsea Lately would do if you were on the roundtable that night and you mentioned where you were performing. You know, you'd sell 200 tickets the next day. And I, Juicy Scoop is that way. You know, it's just wild. Well, that's what I told her because she was kind of like. Oh yeah. Like, you know, when you're in something, you don't really kind of sometimes see how big something is. Cause I was like, man, like you created your own thing. Like you have your own TV show. You put it up on YouTube. It looks beautiful. All this stuff She's like, Oh yeah. I mean, like it would be nice if Hollywood caught up to this. And I'm like, you already are doing like, it's, it's know, here. You're in it. Like, it's funny. I'm, I keep telling her that, like I'm actually doing juice scoop on Tuesday. And I, I keep telling her like, this is TV now. Like if you went on TV at this point, you'd get half the numbers you get on your podcast. Like it's yes. but she just, you know, she's a little older and has that, you know, I got to be on television. Otherwise it doesn't matter. 
but it kind of inspired me because I was like, how amazing that you're at that level that I would be like, you know, what a, what a goal. And she's like, eh, you know, and I'm like, dude, people, I didn't even know you could watch podcasts on YouTube until her podcast. Like yeah. she really created that whole, this, I, there would be no me without her. Um, is it funny though, to watch somebody that you worked with, uh, at Chelsea lately, or just, I mean, you guys really did start when cable was still like one of the only games in town. And like you're saying now yeah. there's 800 billion channels and everybody's just a small sliver of the audience. Yeah. When something starts working like it was with Chelsea lately and all of you guys like fortune and all of these people have gone on to these amazingly successful careers. Is it like laughter on the 23rd floor of like Neil Simon and all these guys writing, you know, I don't know if you've ever read any of this stuff like Dick, Dick Van Dyke show and all that. Oh, I have. I know. I mean, I've saw laughter on 23rd floor many times, uh, on Broadway with Nathan Lane, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but yeah, I mean, listen, I loved working on that show. I couldn't have worked with a better group of people. They're all my friends to this day. We, uh, you know, I, I tour with Fortune. I see Jen Kirkman all the time. I'm seeing Sarah Colonna tomorrow. I see Heather on Tuesday. So uh, Josh Wolf, all of us. And it was looking back on it. It was it was wild toward the end. It got it became a mess. But uh, you know, it, it was, it was a fun ride and the checks cleared, you know, that was, the, that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you yeah. know how good it is to get paid for something that you like uh, doing. <laughs> I got to tell you, Ryan, that was when I first, when they first told me the number, when I first got the job, I had was literally come from Mirabelle and they were going to hire me as a full-time writer. And I didn't, I didn't know anything about that world. I didn't know the pay scale or anything. And they told me the pay and I, pretended that I wasn't affected by it. But I remember going to my car and driving home and like, oh, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. Like they were going to pay me that much. And it wasn't $20 million, but it was a number that was going to change my life forever for the most part. And, uh, you know, I didn't have to worry about a parking ticket on my car not starting ever again, you know? Yeah, you wait. <laughs> Dude, that is so, wait, that is amazing to get to a point where like, I, I think I, where like you can pay a parking ticket. Like I remember in LA, I changed my life. Changed my life, Ryan. I was hiding my car because I knew I had too many parking tickets and they would put a boot on it and there was just no way I could pay it. It is something so interesting of just being able, like, oh, I could pay my credit card bill on time. Like that's amazing. I remember you know, paying a parking ticket when I feel like 15 minutes after I got it and it was like a life-changing experience. I'm like, this is it. This is what people mean by, you know, it's easier to have money. It just it might, if my car didn't start, it would ruin my month, you know, back in the old days, but now it's like, <laughs> well, fuck it. Um, uh, okay. I swear to God, I'm going to let you go here in a sec, but, uh, reality shows. I know you do sometimes talk about them on Heather McDonald's show. You would yeah. never watch that in your normal life. Would you, or do you, uh, secretly like some reality shows? I mean, I used to love the old days of the real world on MTV. I loved yes. it. Um, and uh, and I even liked back in the days of, I remember being a fan of, uh, speaking of Hugh Hefner, Girls Next Door. Yeah. I liked that one. Then, I mean, I just, I just, I, I honestly, to be honest, not to kill my fan base, I can't. I just can't. I can't. I even <laughs> like the Kardashians. The Kardashians in the beginning I found interesting and and, and, and entertaining. But I just yeah. can't anymore. I like, I do like, I don't know if this is considered reality, but I do like, comp- I, I do watch America's Got Talent. I do watch things like that and enjoy them. If so you're like a Dancing with the Stars guy? Or are you I, like I, I, a I reality like competition? I'm, I'm very entertained by Dancing with the Stars and, and those type of competition shows. I am That's- entertained by that, so. 
Um, uh, and so your show actually sometimes covers like um, news stories and all like that kind of a little bit off the beaten path. And the only thing I could find that I wanted to get your opinion on um, right. that on TikTok, which is, you know, the big social media now, this uh-huh. uh, TikToker, Carly P.I.I., Chef P, is selling uh, something called Pink Sauce on TikTok for 20 bucks a bottle. And she really is not um, revealing what is in the pink sauce, but she has all these videos. It looks like Pepto-Bismol. She's putting it on chicken, shrimp, tacos, and it's like a ketchup-like substance. Um, But everybody now is turned against her because she is not revealing everything that's in it. The things we do know is dragon fruit, sunflower seed oil, chili, honey, and garlic. And she promises that it's edible and natural. Now, this is a big thing. But people are like up in arms now of saying this is really horrendous that she is making money off uh, this pink sauce. The, well, that is horrendous. And I, 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 I'd question the legality. Can you actually just sell on your own bottled shit? Without- I don't I don't think you can. That's like another amazing. Yeah. I mean, Isn't I think some be- sort of rules against that. No, that's what's so great about like living in today's day and age. We're so upset about everything that you can get away with this, I feel like. Yeah, right. Wow. I mean, I, I'm glad you went down the road that it is just dragon fruit and stuff. Cause I thought it was going to end with, you know, like the, that girl sells her farts and stuff. I thought oh, from 90 day like fiance. That. And yeah, she supposedly clears like $50,000 a week selling. Like how do we, how are we supposed to trust? There's a real fart in the jar. I guess you just, if you're, if you got the point where you're making the, that actual, uh, you're, you're exchanging money for that. I probably, something's already up that you're not that concerned with the, well, did you see she had to stop because she was giving herself like stomach issues? Yeah, yeah she fainted or so had to go to the emergency room or something. Yeah. Wow. I mean, good, good for her, though. Um, uh, Chris Frangiola, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, you really, truly are on the network Cloud 10 at iHeartRadio. You've got to go check out his podcast. Um, uh, go subscribe. That's what you immediately do. Uh, I'm telling you, it is so easy flowing really, really flipping funny. And also go leave a five-star review. I know that might sound silly or arbitrary, but it's like the freest, easiest thing that you can do. And it really does help with placement advertisers and all that stuff. Very and then of true. course, um, where can we find all your standup dates? Like those Boston Fun has everything that all my dates are up and they're posted and they've, it's, you know, finally been updated. It's all ready to go. Frangiola.fun. And yeah, because when you thank Chris Frangiola, you thank fun. It, well, I fucked up Frangiola.com. I hit a button and it's gone forever. So I had oh, to. Get somebody Frangiola. bought it out from under you? Yeah, uh, yeah. And also best dressed man in the business. Honestly, like I get I get so pissed Thank off you. when I see pictures of you and you're always in like the nice fitted suit jacket and shirt. It's like Thank I'm the you. sloppy version of you. So anyways. Well, I appreciate it. Not right now. Sorry. I was like doing a bunch no, of shit. No, still, to- you got the denim yeah. shirt. You got the jacket. Yeah. It kind of matches. <laughs> uh, right, Chris, great to talk to you again, man. You too, right, Ryan? I got to tell you, I didn't know this was you, and it's such a pleasure to see you again, buddy. Uh, Well, hopefully our paths will cross somewhere down the line again. I would love it. Absolutely. Betches.